thank you so much, Jesus, that you willingly gave your life for us and you rose and you sent your spirit to live with us. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, take a seat if you're standing. It's Easter Sunday. Is anyone happy to be in church tonight? Come on, it's Easter Sunday. We celebrate every day, but you know what? There's something unique. There's something special about celebrating Easter Sunday as God's church. It is a really cool thing. My hope tonight is that every person here has a personal encounter with the risen Jesus. That tonight it gets really personal for you and me. That's my hope. And so can I encourage you to go there with me? Tonight I I simply want to share three stories with you. Three stories. Three stories of people who are rocked to the core in their world. Three stories of people who they would say they were rocked so significantly that nothing made sense at all. Nothing. Nothing made sense. Three people who met the risen Jesus personally. Three people that saw him in his risen body. Three stories of people who had a personal engagement with the risen Jesus. One on one, it got really personal. And the first story is a lady you might have heard of her. She was a faithful follower of Jesus. She was there in his ministry for those three years, probably or close to it. She was right in there. And she knew Jesus so personally because when she first met Jesus, she was possessed by a demon. And not one, but seven. Possessed by seven demons. And in Jesus' ministry with her, he cast out the demons and she was completely healed, completely clean. Life-changing moment. Her name's Mary. Now there's about 5,000 Marys in the Bible, but this Mary, her name was Mary Magdalene. In fact, it wasn't her last name. That was just where she come from. That was the place, Magdala. Her name was Mary and she followed Jesus everywhere. In fact, she was so passionate about the ministry of Jesus and his disciples that she personally gave money and invested to support Jesus and his disciples. She was right there. She was so there that she was at the crucifixion of Jesus. And this hero in her life who cast out seven demons and she faithfully served, faithful woman of God. She watched him hang on a cross. And she stayed there. She stayed there until he died. Now, many of the other disciples had already left. They'd already walked away. 
she stayed. In fact, she not only stayed, she waited till they took his body down. And she was with Joseph of Arimathea as they took Jesus to the tomb. She saw where they lay his body. She was there every moment, totally alongside Jesus. Crushed, nothing made sense anymore. This is Mary's story. Mary was standing outside the tomb. She was crying. You see, Mary was so faithful in her service to Jesus that she just had, she just had to be with him, even though he died. And so on this Sunday morning, she just had to be there and she went with spices to, to anoint his body. Now she wasn't from, from this area, she was from Malgada. She she didn't, she only been to this grave once and she probably got up early on a Sunday morning in the dark and found this track to the grave. And she went there and she stood outside and she was crying. And as she wept, she stooped and she looked in. And she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Can you picture this? Can you put yourself in her shoes? She said, because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She thought someone had stolen her Jesus. She turned to leave and she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognise him. He was in his resurrected body. Probably looked a bit different, a bit the same. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? See, she thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go and get him. And then Jesus said one word. He said a name, Mary. And at that moment, at that moment, everything made sense for Mary. Everything come together and she turned to him and she cried out, teacher. It was a moment that everything made sense. See, she was a faithful follower of Jesus. Right to the end, right to the beginning. Have you ever had a a personal engagement with God where you've you felt him say your name? You've sensed him say you might not have heard that audibly, but you know what I mean, where you know that you've you've been seen, that you belong, that you've been accepted, that Jesus knows your name. And he looks you in the eye and he just speaks your name. Powerful moment of engagement with a living God. My hope tonight is that you, you, you hear him in your gut. You hear him say your name. Your name. It's really personal. And my hope is that in that space, that even for you in your faith, everything makes sense. 
You see, it doesn't take long to live in life where we realise, man, life is complex, it's confusing, and you can think, man, where's God in this? Where's God in my life? Where's God in this world? That's how Mary would have felt, I reckon. Where's God in this? Yet at the moment that she engaged with Jesus, He said one word, everything made sense. There's another story of two followers of Jesus. And they loved hanging out with Jesus. They were known as disciples. They weren't part of the 12, but they were still known as disciples, trainees of Jesus. And they were in Jerusalem, they were in where all the action was, and they, they saw what happened. And, and, and then they, they couldn't make sense of anything either because here's Jesus, their hero, who's died. In fact, these guys thought He was the one. These guys thought that He was, he was the Messiah. They thought He was the one that was going to rescue Israel. They thought He was it and they followed Him. And their hope was dashed to see Him die. Have you ever had a time where your hope's just been smashed? This is their story. That same day, this is the first Easter Sunday, that same day, two of them were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. Now, here's the deal. These guys were in the action. They were followers of Jesus. They were hanging out with Him. They wanted to see what He was doing, what He was up to, and they watched Him die. They hung around for a while, but what's interesting, they were walking away. They were walking away from Jerusalem. They were walking away from where the action was, about seven miles, in fact, to a place called Emmaus. And they were deep in conversation, going over all the things that had happened. Can you put yourself in their shoes? And in the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them, the resurrected Jesus. But they were not able to recognise who He was. Again, His resurrected body. And He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? And they just stood there, long face, like they had lost their best friend. They had. And then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you serious, man? Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's been going on these fast, fast few days? Are you serious? And Jesus said, well, what's happened? Tell me. And so they did. And they said, the things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene, He was, notice their language, He was. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. And then our high priests and leaders betrayed Him and got Him sentenced to death and they crucified Him. And we had our hopes up that He was the one one about to deliver Israel. And it's now the third day since it happened, but now some of the women have completely confused us. You see, I'm going to leave that alone there because that is an interesting point of the story. 
But can I just for a moment bring an affirmation for the women in the room? There's something beautiful about your faith as women, like the Mary you just heard about. There's something beautiful about your faith where when you have an encounter with Jesus, you can follow Him well. You have a discernment in your spirit. You have an engagement with God that's so beautiful. And you see, Mary was the first one that Jesus appeared to. And she was telling these guys this story. And so quite often, women, your faith can be so strong that you can confuse us, guys. We take longer to get what's going on. So can I say thank you for having a faith like that? It's good for us, guys. This is what was going on here. Some of the women are completely confused. The early this morning, they, they were at the tomb, the women, and they couldn't find his body. And they came back with the story that they'd seen a vision of angels and who said he was alive. But some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the woman said, but they didn't see Jesus. And then he said to them, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted. Why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see that these things had to happen? That the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into His glory. And then He started at the beginning. This is Jesus. He started at the beginning with the book of Moses and went through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the Scriptures that referred to Him. Now the story continues because they get closer to Emmaus and they came to the edge of the village where they were headed and Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they pressed him. You see, they kind of lent into this story and they said, hey, stay with us, have a dinner with us, have a meal with us. It's nearly evening and the day is done. And so Jesus went in with them. It kind of reminds me of Revelation 3.20. Do you know that verse where it says, Jesus says, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. I just knock on the door of your heart, stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice, I'll open, they open the door, I'll come in and I'll eat a meal with them as friends. This is what happened here. So he went in with them and here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them and he took some bread, like this bread, and he just broke it a bit like he would have in the Last Supper and probably said something like, take this bread, it's my body, it's given for you. And at that moment, at that moment, everything made sense. Their eyes were open, their hearts were open, and they recognised him. And then he disappeared. And back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up? Scriptures for us. Two guys who knew Jesus. They knew everything about him. They talked about him. They were talking a long time on the road. They were walking seven miles. Hopes dashed. Now I'll tell you what. You can talk about Jesus as much as you like, but that's not a faith in Jesus. You can talk about all he's done. You can even look at the prophets and the things that have, that have happened in past and prophecy. You, you can actually know about Jesus and talk about him, but actually not have a personal encounter with Jesus and not have a deep faith. Do you know that? It was a sad day for me 
when one of my first Bible college lecturers who could talk about Jesus really well, when I heard he walked away from the faith. So you can talk about Jesus. Unless you have a personal encounter with him like this, and you open up your heart to him, it's got to go from your head to your heart and your spirit. I don't know about you. Maybe you're like some of these guys, these two guys, and you feel like you've walked away. I know a lot of your faith story, but not all of it, all of you. Maybe you feel like you've walked away. You're walking away from the action where Jesus is. I encourage you just to lean into God, just to step into a relationship, allow Him in, have a meal with Him like He's your friend. He will bring a personal revelation of who He is and your life will make sense in Him in no other way. He is your hope. He is the one. Last story. This guy gets a bad rap in Scripture, I reckon. His name's Thomas. Thomas the... Oh, there you go. So you know who I'm talking about. Thomas the Doubter. If you're honest, you've probably had a doubt yourself. I have. What about the story of Thomas? What about the story of Thomas if we wind back the clock a little bit when Jesus was in His ministry alive on earth and He's with Jesus, He's one of the 12 disciples and He's hanging out with Jesus. And then Jesus hears that Lazarus has died and it's actually from where they are to where Lazarus is, it's actually very dangerous and the disciples know that and Jesus says, I'm going, I'm gonna go and raise Lazarus from the dead. He's sleeping now, I'm gonna raise him up and no one wanted to go. But Thomas said, let's go with Jesus. Let's go and die with Him. That's the kind of Thomas who was hanging around Jesus. My sense that he was such a follower of Jesus and felt things so deeply that when Jesus died, he just couldn't cope being around his mates, the other disciples. I reckon he was so crushed, so confused that nothing made sense to him anymore. This is Thomas's story. But Thomas, sometimes called the twin, was one of the 12. He was not with them when Jesus came. See, Jesus appeared to the disciples after His resurrection and Thomas wasn't there. And the other disciples told Him, we saw the Master. But He said, unless I see the nail holes in His hands and put my finger in the nail holes and stick my hand in His side, I won't believe it. You might have said it yourself. I'll see it when I believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. Eight days later. Do you know how long eight days must have felt? If you felt grief so deeply that Jesus has died and nothing makes sense. Eight days would feel like an eternity. And eight days later, his disciples were again in the room and this time, Thomas was with them. And Jesus came through the locked doors. He just appeared and He stood among them and He said, peace to you. You can do that in a resurrected body. How cool is that? And then, and then He focused 
his attention on Thomas. Take your finger and examine my hands. Take your hand and stick it in my side. Don't be unbelieving. Believe. And Thomas said, My master, my God. It doesn't get much more personal than that. My Lord, my Jesus, my God. And Jesus said, so you believe because you've seen with your own eyes even better blessings for all of the people gathered here tonight who believe without seeing. Do you have doubts? It's okay to have doubts. You can bring all your questions to God. God's okay with that. In fact, He will just meet you right where you're at in all those questions. He'll just meet you right there. In fact, in fact, God, Jesus Himself, the risen Jesus through His Spirit, has the ability to focus His attention on you. On you. I don't know how that makes you feel, but that spins me out in a really good way. That the King of Kings, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, can meet me, can meet you right where you're at and just focus his attention on you. He can bring all your questions, he can bring all your doubts and Jesus will meet you right there. My hope is that you will have a personal encounter and you land at a point, not in your head, in your heart, where you go, my Lord and my God. see in the book of John it continues and it lands with this verse and it talks about all the things that are written about Jesus and it says but these things are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God and that by believing in Him you will have life by the power of His name that's God's will for you and He does it through a personal encounter and an intimate relationship you and Him and I don't know whether you're like Mary where you're, you're quite solid in your faith and you're a follower of Jesus, praise God. My hope is that you will continue just to hear that. He just will speak your name. And He will, you know that you're seen, that you belong, that you're accepted. Praise God. Maybe you're like the two guys and you can talk about Jesus and you kind of know about Him and you can kind of have some arguments about this and that. And you can talk about all that's going on, but you've walked away really. Tonight's the night to come back and just to open your heart to Jesus. Allow Him in. Have a meal with Him. Have a moment where everything in your life, as far as faith is concerned, it all makes sense through the lens of Jesus. Or maybe you're like Thomas. You can come to Him with all your doubts, all your questions. If you can, would you stand with me as I pray? Father God, I thank You that Your love for us so powerful, so significant, so real. Lord, I pray that tonight for every person, from the youngest person to the oldest person here, me included, God, that 
that we can have a moment with you, Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, fully alive with your spirit here amongst us. Lord, I pray that tonight that we would be in a space where we lean in like Mary. I pray, God, that in our, in our spirit, in our gut, God, that we would, we would hear you say our name. And may that bring such an affirmation of who we are in you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that tonight in this moment, Lord, if we're like those two guys, I pray that it would drop from our head to our heart. And I pray, Lord, that as we lean in by inviting you in, God, that our hearts would feel on fire that our hearts would feel strangely warm because of your spirit within us, just like those guys experienced. Lord, in this moment, I pray that if we have doubts, well, we can just be open and honest before you, God. And I pray, God, that in this moment right now, we would sense that you are focusing your attention, attention upon us personally. Lord, I pray that tonight that we would sense that we're standing before you, Jesus, the living Jesus, the loving Jesus. And I pray, God, that we would have a response that says, my Lord, my God, my Jesus. Praise you tonight in Jesus' name.